So good day and welcome to Rocket with Chief, conversations to take you places. I'm your host, Daniel Robus, and the world has changed dramatically over the past few years. It's exploded the boundaries of what's possible from, from blockchain to crypto to the metaverse as a meeting place for social businesses, networking and commercial activities. For me, it feels like the world is building, it's going on at a rapid pace, and I'm unaware of most of it. So as usual, I've cheated, and I found experts to talk me through it. Today, we are jo joined by George and Marek from Venue to introduce us to this new world order. George is an entrepreneur from Austria with an industrial design interface design degree, He's been part of many startups and is immersed in this new and evolving world of technology. Marek, who is the, the heart and soul, the co-founder of Venu and NAF Art Fair, NFT Art Fair, with a degree in finance, balances out the team. Marek, what is Venu? Why is it uh, such a good place to be? So when we started Venue, um, Honestly, we didn't start it. It was actually uh, Georg's father who started it. And we thought we were like the forefront of, of how meetings and 3D meetings can take place. And we quickly realized that actually we were completely wrong. We realized that we are completely behind and or ahead of the curve. And right now, as we're changing what we are doing as a company, we realized that the 3D model, the way we can interact with people is something completely different than what happened when Zoom happened. Okay. Um, and maybe, uh, Georg, you can step in and explain that a little bit more. Cool. Georg, what is your role within Venue? Venue? Yeah, so I basically come from a background in UX and UI design. I've been in the By the way, just to stop to Georg a second. It's venue. It's a new venue. venue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, go. Um, yeah, so my background UX, UI design, have been in the field for about a decade and have been designing digital products um, all the time, basically, but also uh, graphic design and logos that ties into the NFT um, part that we will also discuss later, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, for me, it's always uh, important to to build digital products that really um, create value for people that are really usable. And then my father comes in, who Marek mentioned, um, who has this long, long history in 3D design, rendering, building products in 3D. And this is now really the skill that is coming up to be some really important uh, skill for the future apparently with the whole metaverse coming up and uh, people getting the idea of how can we interact within virtual spaces how can we basically walk into the internet how can we make that happen and obviously the gaming industry um, is pretty far ahead uh, with these kind of technologies but now when when businesses are starting uh, to have an interest in that, mm. um, that's how we have to kind of, or that's where we we have to find ways to transform what's happening in gaming into a um, more business related, into more business related use cases. 
And this is really where our skills as the three people we just um, mentioned come in. So my father with all this 3D virtual experience, me with building digital products, you know, user interface design, knowing where to place the buttons, let's put it like that. And then Marek with his long IT tech business history. Mm. So I think this is the, the parts you need uh, as well to build a product like that. Okay, so I'm, as I said twice now, a little bit overwhelmed. And when we get to NFTs and an art fair, that's going to really blow my mind. How does this fit into the metaverse versus blockchain versus cryptocurrency, Merrick? Well, so the idea actually was born um, by a, a friend of ours who, who comes from the, um, uh, the crypto world. And he said, okay, so you guys are doing like this uh, digital twin stuff. You're doing uh, meetings. You're allowing people to you know, explore the world from a uh, digital perspective. Why don't you put art into the actual uh, venue, the venue that you pr produce? And why don't you take that art and, and 3D scan it and create something when, once you 3D scan it um, as, as, as an NFT so that people can actually buy the NFT, wow. which is what they can do, uh, but also buy the physical art. Why don't you help artists? And we discussed this earlier, uh, you and me actually. Why don't you help artists to actually um, break the chain of being part of a gallery or break the chain of being part of a just a community where you, you're located only in a physical sense? Mm. So we thought, yeah, we can make we maybe do that. And, and that's where this whole NFT art fair came about. Wow. That, that's quite amazing. We were talking actually about Basutu art and how we could get it from South Africa into the world. And you were talking venues is hosting digital events through the venue. And then we would talk around this art being on walls as one idea behind it. But what is proliferated venue get, getting off the ground? What are people trying to achieve before we even get to the NFTs? What are you doing? You, you've spoken around this, this venue that you've created. What is that? Well, actually, what it came from is um, medical tech, to be quite honest. Um, we were trying to teach doctors and people in the medical tech profession how to use um, uh, medical tech products. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, the, the whole idea is how can we interact virtually within virtual spaces in okay. like three-dimensional virtual rooms and like marek said it, uh, the first customer we had um, is a medical tech company and they have all these very difficult products and processes uh, and so on and they were looking for ways how can we how can we make our a range of products in a way more accessible how can we help our sales team uh, how can we open this up to the world and don't have to fly everybody into a specific building where which is the only place where we can actually you know showcase uh, the products and also yeah. train potentially doctors and learn from them because this is also how they would then um create new products okay and so the question was can we do that somehow virtually and we were working on that so 
putting all these products into a three-dimensional space, trying to figure out technically how can you how can people lock into that and then somehow interact with each other. And that is really at the core of, of what also the whole matter. Maybe maybe you can actually show that. Is that possible? Uh, I don't know. Can you show it? Can we do that? So for our audio customers, um, we yeah. are going where no demo should ever go, which is off the cuff. We're going to be seeing, uh, having a look at this virtual world, which will be outstanding. Um, and this must have just been accelerated by a global lockdown. People, uh, you know, we, we don't stop commerce because we can't fly. We find other ways to commercially interact. Is Correct. that what you're doing now, Mary? Yeah, and what we've realized as well is that, um, so I spent 20 years in corporate IT. I used to fly to Turkey or to Russia or to Dubai for a lunch. And I realized that after 20 years of doing that and, and um, my, my, my loved ones hating me for the fact that I was just gone and the fact that green IT was something accessible, I, we realized that we can actually do this in a green way. So we don't need to fly. We can just show the actual thing that exists. We don't need to go to that meeting. And Zoom accelerated, as you said, or Teams or Cisco Meets or, or, or Microsoft, whatever. But um, people are not going to go back to the usual travel cycle because people will go back to traveling as, as humans. But business meetings are not going to be the same as they were before. And we are trying to find a way, and we have many customers now, to allow people not to always have to, you know, spend their time in a hotel, mm. to go with their car, to go with a plane, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they can actually do it more effectively. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. So the pandemic obviously accelerated that for us. So as I said, we were working together with the company, trying to figure out interaction uh, in virtual spaces, and then the pandemic hit. And then there came in that what Marek now described, the problem that you couldn't do any meetings anymore, like that you couldn't do it in, yeah. real, in, in a physical way. So then from what before was just, you know, a trial phase, we have enough time, all the time in the world to figure out how we can make it happen. It became a demand and it needed yeah. to happen now. And it was a real need, and not only for that customer, but for many customers, obviously. And then uh, we saw a lot of uh, online event companies popping out of the ground. And so we jumped on that train with the technology we had developed so far, which okay. is virtual spaces where people can come together. So we okay. built the necessary features to, you know, to make events happen within it, have an agenda, um uh, stream videos live streams into into our spaces and so on um and and that's how we basically became a, a an online events company for about a year um wow. which went well but then by the end of the year which is last year um we we had a lot of you know talks in between the founders and uh, looked at what we had done so far, looked at our customers, talked to our customers throughout the year, obviously, and um, then decided to go back to our core, which is really this virtual spaces. Um, and okay. online events is like one use case of that. And maybe that brings us then to the big, 
next step metaverse what is this and and how do nfts play a role in that awesome i'd love to get into that so we've got virtual spaces and and the way i've just understood it is if we had uh, an an erp conference uh, where we've got everybody exhibiting, we could walk through the doors, go to an exhibit, go to a demonstration, break out into the room and record a podcast whilst also having a coffee space to chat to someone that we didn't know right. from a partner or something. So it's a full online capability. Do we need special um, tools in order to do this or can I get in from my laptop or my iPad or my device? Yeah, that's, that's the most important part for us, that it's yeah. not a game which you need to buy an Xbox for, need to you know buy the game on the DVD or buy it in some store, and okay. download it and install stuff. You just open your laptop, you just open your browser and join the metaverse through venue. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, I, go, Merrick. I can, um, I think... Uh, I'm not a designer and, and Georg is, is definitely a designer and his father is a designer. I'm just a, a sales guy. But um, Georg has always found a way to explain the metaverse to me um, in, in the most uh, simplistic way. Uh, perhaps Georg, you can uh, explain what the metaverse actually potentially is because I spent a lot of years of my life selling cloud computing. And cloud computing is essentially a public cloud or a private cloud and whoever has the actual um the 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 data center um and the metaverse is something which is yet still to be explained and i think your explains it in the best way right there's yeah. no pressure your go thanks for the thanks for the credit i have to try to remember the words i used um so the way we understand it, and Marek is absolutely right, the metaverse is a term that is now being thrown around and there is a bunch of interpretations for it. And okay. it has to be, it's yet to be really defined what it will actually be. Okay. Um, but for us so far, it is, um, um, it's basically an internet that you can walk into. That, that's the one thing that it's, supposed to be the internet just how you use you know you jump from one website to the next uh, you have like youtube open watch a bunch of videos then you tap into your um whatsapp tap in the browser chat with some friends and then you go back to your um company website and then you go to amazon and buy something and the metaverse uh, one of the core ideas is how can we do that but not on a flat screen um, but actually walk into that experience so immersive you... technology yes exactly. so vr plays a big role in that as well um, so all these technologies are now being invested in much more than than they have even before so this is what mark zuckerberg announces what microsoft is announcing intel is working on it how can because obviously there needs to be more um power behind it to show all these 3d all these virtual spaces um, the VR, the hardware technology has to evolve um, like these big goggles. They have to go smaller so that we can mm -hmm. just put them on at some point. We have to be able to use our fingers so that we can actually grab something and co-create. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so that's like the technical part of it. And the um, idea is 
I really think it, it actually came from gaming. So if, if we walk back a few steps and look at where it came from, there's Fortnite, there's a bunch of you know, video games that we know uh, where we already know the concept. You have an avatar, you run around in a virtual world and you interact with people in terms of you shoot them yeah. you know, with other players. So that's, that seems too close to home right now. There's a lot of people that aren't playing the game. They're doing it. Well, yeah. we live in Vienna, so yeah, we understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, this is also the, you know, what we see in some movies, um, mm. like Ready Player One, for example. Yes. What happens if this becomes our second life? Uh, there is a game called Second Life as well. Yes. Um, Are you old enough to even know Second Life, Bjork? But, you know, but in the end, it's, um, this is what, it, it gives you the opportunity to connect with people all over the world um, and do stuff together, even though you're not in the same room. And, you know, that game creates the, the room around you virtually. So now what happened um, is that in Fortnite, uh, during the COVID pandemic, or during one of the lockdowns, there was a big concert and there were hundreds of thousands of people logging in and not to shoot each other, but to join the concert and to, you know, jump up and down to show that they're enjoying it. And it, it was an amazing experience for everybody. And everybody saw, wow, this is actually culture can happen within a game like that. And this was, this was not the tipping point, but it was already, you know, the, the it was already rolling at that point yeah uh, but this is when it became major news also for business and people started getting interested and in saying okay wow what's happening and more and more people really looked into this and now there's um games like roblox like decentraland like the sandbox which is basically a game maybe if you remember minecraft is something like that where you can uh, on a very low poly um, design, you can build castles, you can build whatever you want at, as your little character in the game. And people and these games started using that as an actual world where you can start buying land, where you can build your own castle, invite people into it, also sell stuff in there. So these things really... Yeah, so for example, Gucci sells shoes. For, for people in that in that metaverse yeah wow. already uh, if you look at um, Philip Plein, he just bought uh, 1.5 million euros of land in that metaverse to build a potential store and the metaverse in itself is just a 3d design so what we are doing we are designing 3d we are designing digital twins whatever you want to call them but what you see decentraland is as, as Georg says, very low quality stuff. We're designing things which medical professionals use to actually operate on people. So what we are trying to do is to design uh, the metaverse, but using the highest quality 3D. And that is where it's going to get to. Obviously, we don't have the money of Microsoft or, 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 or Facebook, that's clear. Yeah. Meta. But we do have one advantage. Um, we have uh, 30 years of skills and uh, hopefully the metaverse will be something which is beautiful, 
because right now it's still going towards that way if you look at games but of course if you look at games you have to have the actual xbox or whatever it is or download it we want to do it so that everybody can access it mm. and that's one of the things that we want to do with this with this art fair is mm. also to give people the ability to take their art and move further using like a really high quality 3d because mm. in the end an artist in south africa or nigeria or cuba or whatever it is needs to be able to upload their art and show it in a beautiful way and we want to show mm. it in the venue and mm. help them not be restricted to just mm. their physical location or just their gallerist we mm. want them a marketplace for the future and we still don't know exactly what we're going to do yeah honestly speaking we are just a young company and uh, good to look many awesome. ideas, but we we're trying exactly. that's so awesome that's so awesome. You know, I just uh, Googled Ariana Grande's Fortnite concert, 12.7 million live attendees. That fills a concert venue a couple of times. So if you've got an art fair that's getting 10% of that, that is much more than feet through the door from a gallery perspective. Um, when I was prepping right. for this, uh, somebody said to me, why don't you just Google the images? And I think, Merrick, you just touched on that i want to dive into that why couldn't you just google the image what is different about an art fair in this virtual kind of world what do you want to get to what's the aspiration well the aspiration honestly speaking is to protect the artist so right now an artist if they sell their art um they sell their art one time the difference between an artist selling their art one time and what the blockchain can provide is something called the smart contract. So if you sell in the smart contract blockchain way, you can write in the smart contract the first time you as an artist sell your art the first time that you will forever get five or 10 or whatever percentage of the resale value of that art in perpetuity. And right now as an artist you just sell your art one time and you never see the resale value so okay. the, as you can imagine like music like if sting produces uh, a song he always gets uh five percent or two percent or whatever it is a, a percentage of every time the song is played yeah but the, artists don't have that except for musicians the, the, this, is where, sorry, this is where the technology of the nft comes in yeah and automizes that process so okay. yes of course there is galleries and artists who have these kind of contracts with each other that with a resale there is money coming in for them but what the technology of the nft is doing it's automizing that there's no question asked you don't have to you know the artist doesn't have to run behind the gallery and make sure he gets the money from resales uh, has to put together the contract whatever it's all there already it's not an Excel spreadsheet that you have to monitor by yourself. It just automatically comes to your account. And and Excel spreadsheets are not the best way to um, yeah. yourself, to be quite honest. So, Merrick, what is an NFT? Well, whoever wants What is an NFT? That is a good question. Um, NFTs, in my opinion, are the first major stepping stone to make blockchain and uh, crypto actually real. Right okay, now. that's interesting. That's interesting. Pause there. I'm going to go to the bottom of my screen. Come on, man with the late night last night. What is an NFT to you?
<laughs> so technically, from a technical perspective, uh, NFT is a bunch of lines of code. Um, it's, a, it's a register of what has happened and what is now that is publicly available for everybody. So, and that makes it a way to make digital assets, um, to individualize digital assets, to, unif uh, to make them unique. Yeah, if you remember, you, ha you have a Pinterest board, for example, you scroll through all these awesome graphic designs. And I remember that and I kept thinking, wow, there's so much amazing digital art around, like graphic design. Fan art. Design. I know I get a lot of fan art for exactly. fantasy books and these are amazing images. Yeah. But it has always been considered not worth anything, worthless, yeah. because it's digital, because it's a file. You can copy paste it. If you want to copy an actual painting, yeah, you have to have a, a master um, art copier uh, who, who can actually do that. A file you just send with, a, with your email to someone um, or you take a screenshot and now there's two of those pictures. So everybody always considered that worthless. But now with NFTs and the blockchain, meaning you can say this exact file was created by that person is owned at this moment by this person has been sold for and nowadays these things get sold for millions of euros um, at that point of time and and the reason why it's being sold for millions is that now a digital asset can be unique and it's the same thing as in the art world it's the story around a collection around an artist around an, uh, an art piece that builds up and then people who just buy into it who believe it who like it um who buy it and then the price just kind of you know gets up and boom there is a value so with the nfts it, we have experienced something which is amazing because there was a value being created from something that was worth nothing just a year ago and wow. now there's digital assets that are worth tens of millions and wow. yeah the, the thing is really just the NFT technology and uh, blockchain that you can basically look into the register, who created it, who owns it, and so on. And it's public to everybody. So it, there's a saying which says, never ask a barber if you need a haircut. I'm going to ask Merrick a question like that. Is my investment safe from a perspective if I invest in NFTs, in your opinion? Isn't this simply hype? Well, to be honest, uh, is your investment safe if you buy a car, if you buy a bike, if you buy a house, if you buy a currency, which you, you don't understand? Um, if we believe in, in that investment, then obviously it can grow and it can also diminish. Um, there is no investment that is safe, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I think that protecting an artist who spends their life building something is important and if other people do like that artist and they believe in that that art that's something that we want to protect um but is your investment safe well honestly i am not a stockbroker and uh I, I would say your investment is only safe if you believe in the people you do business with and this is not simply hype in your mind this is here to stay and we're changing the world through this well this 
is a new art form for sure okay. that will stay. Yes, there is a hype around it, so maybe yes. it, it will grow a bit less, but it will stay for forever now. This is a new art form. And this is only the NFT use case, digital art. NFTs, okay. uh, the technology and the idea behind it will become important for the metaverse, for architecture, yeah, exchange assets, uh, virtually, digitally, um, because there's not just, you know, an NFT art piece, there can be like a protocol of attendance, for example, something like yeah. that can be an NFT. Um, so there's much more of this technology that is yet to be explored. Okay. Where do you see this market in 10 years, Marek? Where do I see this market in 10 years? Honestly, if you're asking me that question, mm. I have to be very clear. I really don't know. Um, I, I believe that protection of people, protection of art, protection of protocols of engagement, whatever it is, is important. Okay. However, um, honestly speaking, I, I think I think that I have a lot to learn on this market, and I think that's the reason we're having this podcast because the more questions that you have like this, is the more ways that we can answer it. Um, awesome. George, you can you can see you want to answer there. Where do you see this market going? What what is happening here? Yeah, I actually didn't want to answer that one. I, okay. I go back to a question from before. Sure. Um, but for me, I think where the market is going. Um, back to what I said before, um, that the technology, blockchain, and uh, NFTs, cryptocurrency is ever growing and there's more to be explored and to be found out about it and i think um there is amazing stuff to come and that, that's basically what i think and i do believe in this idea of the metaverse and that it will play all into each other because we, we were talking a lot about games now but now yeah. Yeah. art fair for example there is a use case that that starts with the professional use case of how can we sell art in a virtual space? And you ask this question, why not just Google the picture? So um, maybe by answering that, I can also answer the where does the market go question. Uh, because what we, are, what we are creating is an experience. Yeah. If you Google the picture, um, you have a nice little view of, yes, there's a picture. I can click on it. Do I like it or not? But if you walk into an art fair, and now if you walk into a virtual art fair, you have much more experience around it. You walk, you walk around, you see something by accident. You can also obviously Google or, or search a specific picture that you want and be, you know, and jump into that gallery that has that. So it's the best of both worlds. Um, and now the experience is you stand in the booth of a gallerist in okay. front of an art piece. And now you can interact with the gallerist or with other people who are looking at that art piece as well. You can, through video call technology, talk with them. You know, you together can actually grab the picture and look at it and flip it around. Uh, if it's a really uh, well done 3D scan, uh, you can interact with ways that you couldn't in the real world even, yeah? The Mona Lisa, okay. you could never touch it. But in virtual, you can, go as close as no one has ever been and see how you know the the paint strokes and everything um, play with the lights and shadows 
Um, so by the way, good point there. You can. I didn't think about that to be correct. Yes. <laughs> that is the experience we want to create there. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I think this is also where this where this market goes. So coming from gaming and games and really great looking games which you have to download and then low poly games that you can run off your browser. Um, it always came from games, but now business ideas are coming up and saying there's great ways, um, great use cases for virtual spaces. For example, the thing that we started with, how can you train doctors from all mm. over the world mm. in without flying everywhere, how can you bring them together in a virtual room and showcase medical instruments? Mm. Uh, and how can you show people around a specific showroom, your innovation centers, your um, um, show them difficult processes and so on. And so there's a lot of use cases for interaction within virtual spaces that are really business relevant. And I think what's happening now is that, that these, and this is what we are doing as well, um, that these use cases are being built and created starting with that and not starting with the game Mm. Uh, so, like what we're seeing now, that a, a game kind of offers Gucci or a business to buy some land and get in there, but then they are in that game reality. We start with the business. So mm. it looks fantastic, it looks professional, and, and then we put the gamification uh, in that. And Outstanding. These two, and that is the core of the metaverse idea, that these two things are now also connectable, coming together. Yeah. But I jump out of my game into uh, the, you know, the professional meeting to my work into world. a meeting. Yeah, get out a memo, touch base with my my colleagues, and then get back into my game. Exactly. Right. And, the away, and then I go back into the real world and meet friends in the real world. So I, I have a question. I have a question for 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 you and and for um uh, from your viewers. Mm. We are just trying to learn where this thing can go to um, mm. and uh, every day we find a new use case and some are useful and some are not mm. um, where do you think this is going you've done a lot of interviews you know a lot of people you've talked to people like us before uh, some of them smarter than us probably um, <laughs> what's your opinion that's a that's a great question um, I, I think that uh, I've interviewed people about cryptocurrency and I've interviewed people about uh, blockchain quite a bit and I still don't get it, uh, how it can interact in my everyday and, and make me free from the shackles of where I've been. And when we start linking these things, I can start to see the golden thread that's extending my network in here. And, and I said something earlier, which was, or maybe I said it in my head, we should have done this interview in the metaverse. And it would have been, I could have sh shaken your hand and created that, that um, relationship that we had. Uh, we shouldn't be using this platform. We should have been using a different platform. So well, I'll, give you, I'll give you an offer. Mm. Um, if this conversation is interesting to, you, to your viewers, mm. we will make this interview in the metaverse and we will show you what we are actually doing because uh we don't need to use a zoom call for this we can use the metaverse for this and um if that's interesting my offer is there 
That's outstanding. If we get more than a, a, a thousand votes, I'd say let's do it. If we get more than a hundred votes, let's do it. Um, I want to uh, ask you a question, Merrick. What is a question that I haven't asked due to my lack of knowledge on this subject? Uh, well, that's uh, putting me between a rock and a hard place. I think <laughs> I think the 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 important thing that that I would address here, and that's important, I think, for me and and, and Georg, is what does this all mean? for being more green and spending more time with your family and your friends. Because traveling around for business reasons can be just killed for using this use case. And I think that we should all think that, because I did 20 years of business travel, mm -hmm. and I did it for no apparent reason, except for that I had to go and fly to country X and go to airport and use taxi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the more important question is, how can we make this more green? Because in the end, we shouldn't make this all green. And that question should be asked every time. Because the time I can spend with my girlfriend, Heidi, the time I can spend with my family, the time I can spend not being on a plane is more important than anything else. Wow, that's, that's very good. Um, apart from asking you how to pronounce your name, Georg, I'd like to ask you as a final question, who actually two questions in here. What mistakes have you seen people making when they're trying to get into virtual spaces? And that'll be my first question. And then I'd like to follow up after that. Um, you, you mean businesses? Yeah. <laughs> or individuals? yeah. Businesses. No businesses. So from my perspective, and, and, and that's really my individual view on it, I think um, they ramp up that technology with too many non-needed features in the very beginning um, which just over complicates the the tool they're offering and also at this point the technology is just growing better and growing better and we have to experiment a lot with how can we use avatars how can we use our hands how does how do these things come into the virtual space and then a lot of um, businesses already make that technology available, but it's not that good yet. So people use it, try it. It look, it doesn't look good because it's just too much going on. Okay. Um, it's too much to learn for them. Uh, so I think the mistake is just you know shooting out all the possibilities that are already there, but not yet 100% evaluated and not yet really good. So what we are doing is we, we basically do it step by step, right? So you have to transition because we are not, we are not built for the gamers. We built for, you know, the businesses, the professionals and so on. Um, so you have to do the transition from flat website into this virtual space metaverse. And that goes basically step by step, take the user by the hand and you know, transition them into that. So we build virtual spaces and we only have the really the few features you, you need that make sense. Um, okay. We don't have avatars yet. In the background, we're working on that, experimenting with it. What is the best way to do it? Is really this, this uh, person cut from the waist down uh, that we see in the, in the Facebook advertisement and so on? Um, is that really what it is or where it's going yeah um 
So yeah. start, start simple, but start. Yeah. And don't overwhelm. Start small, start simple, get going. Get exactly. going, then get good. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah, no, I, um, think, I think Jörg is right. It's just about uh, the user experience. So um, our, our, our biggest customer from Venue is the United Nations. It was 80 countries from 80 different diplomats. They are the worst IT users that you can ever imagine. <laughs> we were paranoid like hell to have 80 different countries participating in a conference using our platform. And what we learned is that uh, actually not me because I'm the sales guy, but Georg has invented um, uh, what is it called? A, an idiot-proof user interface where people can just click on things and it works. And I think uh, to Georg's point, it's just about letting people who don't necessarily know what the hell is going on use it very, very simply. The more features, the more you can. Uh, how do you say it properly? F up. <laughs> I get that. To my father, Jörg Remmert as well, who initially started the whole design for it. And then together we designed this. Yeah. Outstanding. Guys, this has been a really interesting chat. It's been, uh, I, I think we may have to do a follow-up on this. I think we, we need to do it. Uh, in a virtual space so that we can give the experience to, certainly to me. Um, but I want to thank you for starting this education process with us. Um, where can we learn more? What is your, your top three education places to go to on metaverse, virtual spaces and NFTs? Go, Georg. <clears throat> Good question. That's a big question, my friend. Um, honestly, uh, from from my perspective, wow, that's a question that I don't even have an answer to. Um, <laughs> Merrick, I, I think I think I think this I think this podcast might be the step one. To be <laughs> yes, absolutely. Come on, you got to give me somewhere to self-educate. Where do we go? Come on, well, so what, what, what oh, we're going to do with, with the, uh, the NAF platform, uh, okay. and, and, and we can send you the link, it's uh, the NAF Academy. And okay. in the Academy, we are inviting speakers, and I invite you right now to be a speaker as well, and anybody you know, who is going to speak on uh, crypto, on blockchain, on fine art, on art, um, on trends, um, on the metaverse. Okay. And we're going to offer that as a free service to anybody who offers uh, comes to our fair. Um, and there will be in the metaverse speakers who are going to give that education. And we welcome you, your viewers, or anybody else. Uh, should they be an expert or as expert as we are, which is like, you know, a little bit not that much to, to participate because um we want to start something called the NAF academy um okay. that people can actually be educated because your question is poignant and real we don't know what the answer so we're trying to actually start something that you can get an answer yeah as, as the, the go-to place if, if you follow any of the tech newspapers tech blogs uh, startup blogs um you you won't get you won't get away from metaverse and nft at the moment so you know have your whatever tech radar the verge 
uh, on media, whatever tech channels you're following, you will learn about this. You you can look into the the existing so-called metaverses that I mentioned. So that would mm. be Roblox, mm. Sandbox, uh, Decentraland. Those are these uh, low-poly virtual worlds where you can buy into all of them. That's interesting to have an eye on. And then as so, and then the NFT marketplaces like OpenSea. Um, but definitely the NAF Academy. That's that's really excellent. What to do there. Yeah, have so we we have a we 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 stole something. Obviously, every poet is a thief. And if you go to the NAF uh, Art Fair Academy, um, the quote is, "I'm reading it from my phone. Uh, have no fear of perfection. You will never reach it." And I love that. We're just trying to, at Salvador Dali. It's not obviously me. Um, and we're trying to uh, educate ourselves and educate anybody who's willing to listen. Love it. Thank you, boys. You guys have been a gem. Even when you're only on eight cylinders. Uh, Merrick, you've been fantastic. Tell Heidi we say hi. George, I still don't know how to pronounce your name properly, but I'm going to buy you a beer for that. Probably not in the virtual space. Come to South Africa, come and visit us, come and spend some time with us, educating our people. Otherwise, we'll meet you in the metaverse. From me, Daniel, I'm going to let these fine gentlemen get on with their morning and say thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Have an amazing day and we wish you peace and happiness. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you.